Hello, and welcome in to Not Just Another Sports Podcast brought to you by Arrowhead Live. It is July 19th, and we've got a couple of good topics lined up about uh, lined up for you to talk about. We've got some NBA Finals talk. We're going to play a little Would You Rather, and then we're going to do a really fun hypothetical Space Jam-themed activity. First off, we took a week off. Christian, anything new, exciting going on for you? Not really. I went to vacation or went on vacation to Colorado and got to see the mountains, get out of this hot, muggy weather. So that Where'd you guys nice. go? Uh, sort of near, near Silverthorne, Breckenridge. So way high up in the mountains, like okay. close to 14,000. I Here's the thing. I feel like there's like a niche or like a club or a group of people that are really good at doing the mountain vacation, like the hiking, the cabins, they... They know all the ins and outs. I've never done that type of vacation before, so I'm always super hesitant to do it, but I've always wanted to. I've got some friends who, you know, just take awesome pictures, and they just have so many cool experiences from it, and I just, it's like one of those things I just don't know how to get started on how to kind of take that vacation. Well, um, my family has always gone. Like, my grandfather went, like, every single year. Whenever he was a kid, he brought his kids, and now I'm going up there with him and, and everything. So we know all the spots. So it's best to tag along with a buddy, maybe your first time. Yeah, um, yeah, we've we've definitely tried that. I want to go with one of my friends who knows knows their way around. Obviously, the game's totally different now that we've got a baby. But yeah, Colorado yeah. is kind of doable for that. It's still oh, a yeah, long and drive through Kansas, but it's a lot better than a plane ride or, you know, a 12-hour car ride. Yeah, well, and especially with a baby you might not want to be on a plane but like a two-hour plane ride I think is what it is and that's super yeah. easy super yeah. easy yeah that's but what good. about that's you good. did you uh do anything we, crazy you know we had a really good weekend last weekend our baby's starting to get old enough that he can really start doing a whole lot more um he's just becoming more aware so and we've got a bunch of friends who have kids about the same age so we had several kind of, you know, cookouts, get together, go swimming type of things this weekend. And yeah, honestly, it was just so, it was so much fun. It was nice. The weather was beautiful. Um, I have a friend whose little girl's birthday was, uh, she's four. And they hired a professional like actress to come and be the little mermaid, Ariel. And it was literally the most extra thing I've ever seen. But <laughs> first off, she was really hot, Ariel. Second off, she was really good. Like she was a good singer. She's a good performer. So that, that was kind of funny. And also this weekend, I discovered my new drink that I'm going to drink all the time. I am not a beer guy. Beer, the, the hop, I can drink like crappy beer, like, you know, Coors or something like that. I can drink college beer, but you know, people who put beer and stuff on Twitter, they're like IPAs and stuff like that, that stuff makes me extremely sick. I think it's like the hops in it, but one of them like puts me on the toilet the rest of the night. So I don't drink a lot of beer. And then obviously I, don't, I try not to be an animal all the time. So I don't just like drink straight hard stuff. So I usually do the seltzers. But this weekend, we I got a pack of the Truly Teas and they are perfection. They are not too sweet, which I don't like, like uh, strawberries and stuff like that, too sweet. Yeah. They have just enough flavor. There's still a hundred calories, like one carb, which is, you know, something I'm forever worried about. It was, I think I like, I'm not sure which I was sober more or drunk more this weekend. It was like a real close <laughs> time split. 
but it was really, really good. It was a great weekend and um, got some vacation coming up here. We're going to, I think me and we're both going up to Chiefs camp on the 31st, right? Yeah, yeah. We should both be there along with some of our fellow Arrowhead Live contributors. See, I, I love that they do camp up in uh, St. Joe. It's it's always a I, – I went to school up in Maryville, Northwest. So St. Joe is kind of somewhere we went a lot. But St. Joe, I mean, it's called the Dirty Joe. It's pretty accurate. But St. Joe yeah. low-key has some pretty good places to go to it. I, I really do not mind. Oh, yeah. I, I go to college in Columbia, and I've been down to St. Joe a few times. Um, yeah, it can be really fun. It could also be uh, a little expensive if you hang out there for too long. So, But I guess that's anywhere. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, I think it was Saturday night was the last, right, Saturday night when the Bucks and Suns played last? Yeah, that was game five. First off, just instant reactions. What did you think that game meant for the series? My first reaction is Giannis is the monster we kind of knew he was. Uh, he See, was that's, outstanding. That's the thing. Game. I'm so happy that he has played this series, like, mostly healthy. That way it's not even a storyline. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like, that was kind of – that was a real question coming up in this series, right? He had just had, like, a hyperextended knee. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the video. It looked awful. But he came down, came back, and everything's great. Um, he missed a late-game free throw or two or three there at the end. But I think, finally, Middleton and Holiday are playing well enough that Giannis kind of doesn't have to – you know, he, he can play the Shaq role instead of the Shaq and Kobe role. Like, Shaq knew what time it was when it was late game, right? He passed it out to Kobe and Kobe did his thing. That's kind of Holiday and Middleton are kind of one half of Kobe, right? Holiday's the defensive side, Middleton's the offensive side, and they can kind of work together and get some stuff done. <clears throat> yeah, I... Man, I, I don't know. Like, as someone who's been kind of pulling for the Suns, I really try not to have a rooting interest in the game because I feel like it makes you just not enjoy the game as much as possible. But this series has been really interesting because there's been a couple of games where the stats just don't quite line up. Whenever the Bucks won, whenever the Suns were up 2-0, and then they went to Milwaukee, and Milwaukee won that first game, the Bucks had insane free throws amounted like percentage. It was like Giannis had more shots on the free throw line than the entire Suns team. And I looked at that and go, that's really not sustainable. Like, I think that that was just, you know, the home advantage, home court advantage. I really thought the Suns were going to go up three, one. And that game was particularly frustrating um, for them to get knotted up two two. But, you know, you're thinking they say a series doesn't really start until a team loses at home. Suns still had the home court advantage at that point. But dropping that game just felt like the series. Um, that, that game on Saturday night, especially for them to kind of for the Suns to kind of battle back the way that they did and the way that that game ended with the awesome steal and uh, oop, that was that just felt like series. And I. Here's what I think will happen. I think that the Suns will go into game six. It'll be kind of like, a, this is just with the experience I use, but the Royals 2014 game six World Series where Ventura just pitched his mind up, his mind out and the, the Chiefs just claw, or the Chiefs, the Royals just clobbered the Giants that game. Um, it, I expect the Suns to come out and win game six, but I 
I don't see them taking game seven, even, even though it's in their home court. I just, I think the Bucks are the better all around team. I think that they have more ways to win and more than anything, I think Giannis being healthy and them kind of learning a little bit more about how to use him better because there was a while there that they were playing without him. I, th- I think that's helped too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I kind of had this prediction uh, a few weeks ago when we did our podcast, uh, Milwaukee in six, if Giannis is good, I got to stick with that prediction. Yeah. I mean, I could, it, it would completely make sense for them to uh, completely make sense for them to go in there and win game six too. It's certainly possible. I mean, here's the thing. I know this is probably like someone who knows more about basketball and analytics would tell me why this is wrong, but I tell you, man, I know Chris Paul has done a lot for the Suns um, off the court, but my God, man, I, I, he had an, a fantastic game one. And I'm not sure they're in the finals without Chris Paul. But now that they're here, I'm not sure Chris Paul should be on the court. Uh, every single time he goes on the court, the ball movement goes way down. The shooting goes way down, it feels like. The offense runs so much better through Booker. It allows him to be more of a playmaker and less of trying to be a Steph Curry where he's just a perimeter shooter. It, it all flows better that way. And I get you got to dance with who you brought or who brought you. And Chris Paul is a leader. But man, that turnover at the end of, I think it was game three or game four that basically sealed the game was just soul crushing. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he's supposed to be bringing this veteran leadership, right? And and being calm and, and poised in the heavy situations. And that's that's kind of what he's done up in the series leading up to this. I mean, he was always like super calm, super collected. Anytime they needed a bucket. I mean, you saw that last the uh, conference finals games, right? Where he was just a walking bucket. Like, oh, you need an assist? I got you. You need more, like an extra two? I got you. I'll put up 25 and 10. Good double-double and we'll be good. But like now, he just seems to be crumbling. And and I know that that's kind of like typical Chris Paul, but I really didn't see that coming after this playoff appearance. Like, I thought he'd be cool, calm, cool, collected, and he seems to be, you know, he's not pushing the pace. He can't find his open guys and everything. Like you said, it just seems clunky. Dude, I, we, we've got to pause to talk about this. I know it's July and these shows thrive off this. But putting this all in perspective, for the love of God, can we please stop trying to compare every single player to make them into LeBron or Michael Jordan? Like I have seen these takes of like if – if Giannis wins this finals, can he be put in the same conversation as LeBron James? Um, he needs to make it to about nine more consecutive NBA <laughs> finals before we can start having that conversation, guys. It, it's recency bias is so powerful. And I look, Giannis is great. And as someone who is not particularly a Bucks fan, because I feel like Giannis is force fed down my throat, I, I think he's a fantastic player. And I've loved what I've seen from him for the most part on and off the court. I think he's a, he's great. And we in Kansas city should root for the bucks because they're a small market with a superstar, much like we are, but man, I, I can really go without it. Well, and everybody's just making this comparison because Katie stepped a foot over the line, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I think that's a super good point. If KD is like three shoe sizes smaller 
this could be a completely different thing. Now, here's the thing. You can always argue that about everything. You know, uh, the Chiefs Super Bowl had moments like that, too. You know, if Tyree yeah. Kill just drops the ball, if Patrick Mahomes or if DeForest Buckner or not DeForest Buckner, if Nick Bosa doesn't pull a stunt and just rushes straight up the field and gets Eric Fisher, Mahomes doesn't – wasp doesn't happen. Well, and I'm not trying to take credit away from – from their win at all but let's not pretend like KD isn't a million times better than Giannis like I think that if you brought up to any rational NBA fan who would you rather have on your team Giannis or KD they'd say KD every single one of them like an yeah. elite scorer I mean, he's got a crazy jump shot I think that he can do with the ball a lot of what Giannis does maybe not drive to the lane as hard because he's one of the best players we've seen in a long time that's able to do that yeah, but, I, I think I think you know the thing about Giannis is, is that he is still 26, so the upside is still there. And I mean, we have seen players who have really been able to revitalize their shot, come back, be able to shoot the three. And if he gets to that point where he's a real perimeter threat, he will. I mean, you could definitely put him in that conversation of like, is he going to be one of the greatest scorers of all time? But at this point, it's it's not there, man. No, and but. I think the conversation should start at least, is he better than KD? And once he graduates past KD at a certain point, then we can put him with LeBron and MJ. I think that it's just absurd yeah, to, to I, rank I, him that highly already. Yeah. Um, I mean, let me ask you this and then we'll move on. Who do you think, what do you think the takeaway is going to be if the Bucks or Suns win? Which, like, what do you think the narrative is going to be? Is it going to be, that these teams are teams that are just starting their run or was this the window of opportunity and these teams will both kind of fade back after the, uh, this year. So I think both teams are probably going to regress. Uh, I mean, Milwaukee still has to face Brooklyn and I really hate how that team was assembled, but that's a better team like Joe Harris coming off the bench or, or at least being your third or or no your fourth option scoring like that's a deep team man and so I don't think that they'll the Bucks will make it back unless they trade for a Damian Lillard which I could see happening they have the tools they have the you know the wherewithal to do it uh it's just that if Damian wants to be traded um and I think the Suns take a big step back after this year they they were really good in the bubble and they they were pretty good this past year but I don't see how, I mean, it, the NBA is kind of like the NFL. Like once you get a season of tape on somebody, they're going to figure out how that offense works and, and how to guard that pick and roll. I don't think they make it back. What about you? Um, yeah, I feel like, I feel like the regular season has been kind of a good indicator of that as well. The Bucks have been one of the better regular season teams for a couple of years now. I mean, they've been really the team in the East. Um, I, I think, I think the Suns are more of a flash in the pan than the Bucks. I think, you know, I think DeAndre Eaton has had a fantastic playoffs, and I think that they do need to work on the offense flowing through him. But there's several players on that team that I think Bridges, it's either Mikel Bridges or there's another player on that team that I think might be a free agent that's going to definitely leave the team to be a point guard, um, and then. I, yeah, I'm just not sure the Suns are going to be able to replicate what they did, especially because the West looks to get much improved. I think the Lakers will be better. The, the Clippers, 
they're going to keep Kawhi. I think that they will be better once he returns from his injury. And I think that, um, you know, the Nuggets will improve. I think that the Warriors will be back. I, I, I see a lot less opportunity for the Suns. Really, the only thing staying in the Bucks' way is possibly the Sixers, depending on what they do with Ben Simmons. And then, um, you know, if the Nets can stay healthy. So uh, I think that's the way I look at it. So I think it means more for the Suns to win in this opportunity. This might be their, you know, their one chance type of thing for a while. Oh, yeah. And no matter who wins, I'll be happy for them. Like, I really want Giannis to win, and I really want CP3 to win. So it's, I, I would prefer Giannis to win. I don't think CP3 is that great. Uh, of a person I mean just from what we've seen on the court some of his questionable decisions but man either way like this is this is a legacy move for both players and you know Suns I think have a this is their one shot Milwaukee might be back as well so for sure all right so we're gonna play a little would you rather um game is here to give your answer and uh, just a really quick why like it should be no more than two sentences so the first one is going to be um would you rather have an elite offensive line or an elite wide receiver core so for me i would say so the way this question is phrased right it depends on how good your other core of players is like if it's an average wide receiver core and an elite offensive line i think that's what you want right you protects your quarterback, especially if we're thinking of it in terms of Kansas City. You kind of always look through that lens. I'd much rather have, uh, you know, two really or three really average receivers and an elite offensive line rather than, you know, Jamar Chase and nobody else on the line, right? What about you? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely the wide receiver core for me. Um, wide receiver play can lift a quarterback much more than an offensive line. Um, plus, offensive, you think about a good wide receiver core, you're talking two or three players, right? Like the Cowboys, probably the best uh, wide receiver room in the NFL. There are three players deep. Yeah, probably. Offensive line, you've got five. The chances of keeping and retaining all five players and not getting expensive is also more difficult. So I'm going to go wide receiver for sure. Oh, wow. That surprises me a little bit. Well, I mean, you think about it. Um, I think, I think there's a lot of teams that are doing this right now. Like Daniel Jones has got a lot more wide receiver options this year. The Cardinals went and did it by acquiring DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson's getting the wide receiver lift. Now those teams don't have, I guess, I guess the real question is, are we talking an elite offensive line or where else it's trash, you know, like mediocre, like the Chiefs have been mediocre offensive line for pretty much all of Mahomes' career. Now they've had an elite wide receiver core, um, whether, you know, depending on what your opinion of Sammy Watkins was. But I think, I think that's, you know, the thing that separates great, great teams and great quarterbacks is that ability to have playmakers. See, and, and that's a really good point because I think that that kind of play like ties in with your quarterback. If your quarterback is good enough to outplay, like if it's Russell Wilson, right, on the Seahawks, he can outplay his bad offensive line a lot of the time right and he's got great wide receivers that help him too but if if he had a maybe an elite offensive line and you know a more average wide receivers maybe he wouldn't be as potent potent as well so that's that's an interesting point you bring up all right would you rather be the gm of the as they are today the jets or the Bengals? 
That's tough, man. Uh, honestly, probably the Jets. I feel like they have a, a, a higher ceiling. I love Joe Burrow, but I mean, if you're going to make me pick Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence or uh, Zach Wilson, I, I have to pick Joe Burrow. But I like Makai Becton. I like their offensive line. I like the wide receivers that they drafted. Um, I, I think it's got to be the Jets, man. What about you? Well, I think I think the hard part about this one is, is that the biggest question is answered on the Bengals more than it is the Jets. Now, I, Joe Burrow, I, there's still a lot to, you know, a lot to be out on that verdict. But I do think that Joe Burrow has proven enough that you definitely feel like you can build around him. Now, Zach Wilson could be, you know, a top five quarterback or he could be a bottom five quarterback. I like, I think the Jets might be the slightly better pick. You're the other city in New York, the other team in New York. So that helps, you know, you're still a big market. So, but you don't have all eyes on you as you know, typically the giants are the predominant team. Also you, you, you look at that division, you've got the bills who are okay, but not great. There's still a lot of questions in Miami, even though that team is on the rise and Bill Belichick's trying to hold it all together in New England. Um, you know, and this year will tell a lot. I I think ultimately, though, I'm going to go with the Bengals just because I think Joe Burrow's a little bit more proven. You know that you've got good potential there. And, and I think that division is going to turn around quicker than we might think. Um, you know, I, the, the, the Ravens are always pretty good, but I don't feel like in the long-term future, that's just going to be Lamar's division. I think, you know, what Lamar is doing at quarterback is crazy, but also not long, super long-term sustainable. I think the Steelers are definitely trending down. The Browns, I know that they are the flavor of the month, but they are going to go the way that Baker Mayfield goes. I I just see a little bit more window of opportunity for, for the Bengals than I do the, the Jets because – I think, you know, if Tua gets it together, that could, you know, that's just the starting of something in Miami. If Mac Jones is good, that's going to be something that is long-term in New England with Bill Belichick. And then we know what Josh Allen and the the Bills can do. So for those reasons, and I think the expectations are so low of the Bengals. If I'm going to be a GM, um, I would definitely want to be more of the Bengals GM because I've got less pressure. You know, people don't expect a lot from the Browns or from the Bengals. Well, I would say that nobody really expects anything from the Jets anymore either. Um, But no, I get your point. All right. Start a franchise with Jimmy G or Kirk Cousins. This one's easy for me. Okay. Let's hear it. Who who you got? It's definitely Kirk Cousins. Simply put, Kirk Cousins is a fantasy football darling. He just collects stats. Um, but Kirk Cousins, you know what you are going to get, and you're not going to get anything less, but at least you're going to get it for 16 to 17 games. He doesn't get injured. He can elevate. Um, he can be elevated by a good roster, but he's not going to elevate a lower roster. If I'm a team, like the perfect situation for Kirk Cousins is like something that happened in Tampa, a team that's acquired all these draft picks, that has all this talent, and is just a quarterback away. Like I, you know, Kirk Cousins, I think could be pretty, pretty dangerous on a team like the Broncos who are more or less a quarterback away. Um, And I know I'm going to get him for 16 games. Jimmy G, I think he has slightly higher upside. I mean, obviously we saw what he did in the Super Bowl and despite some plays in there, he still made some good plays and had to get there as a quarterback and had a good season, but he's often injured and honestly hasn't proven it as much as Cousins has. 
I completely agree. Captain Kirk for the win. The uh, All he's ever done has been a really, really average quarterback. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo can't stay healthy. So Yeah, I'll even, I'll even go a step further. Cousins, I, there is a real-world situation that Patrick Mahomes plays baseball, and we're sitting around, and Alex Smith, we still have Alex Smith as our quarterback, and we would be longing for Kirk Cousins. He has seasons with 30 touchdowns, 27, 26, 35 touchdowns, 29 mm-hmm. touchdowns. I mean, those passing yards, 4,100, 4,900, 4,200, 4,200. Like, I, I mean, if if Alex Smith is your quarterback back in, you know, 2014 or whatever, you're longing for Kirk Cousins. I remember thinking that when he was in Washington. Okay, I last do not, one. But... <laughs> last one. Marshawn Lynch or Jerome Bettis for a goal yard, goal line run, one yard to go. So it's goal and go, fourth and one. You've got two choices to uh, halfback dive this baby. Marshawn Lynch or Jerome Bettis, who are you picking? So there's a Pete Carroll joke in here somewhere, but I'll just go ahead and say the bus, Jerome Bettis. He, when I remember watching him play and being astounded at how many people he could move. Just a dive play right up the middle. Man, that's one of my favorite. That's one of my first Super Bowls I remember as a kid, which is probably showing my age, but the one where the bus <laughs> retires. This is where the bus stops here. But um, mm-hmm. I'm going Lynch because Lynch is not fast, but definitely faster than Bettis. And I think one of the more underrated things of goal-to-go goal, goal runs isn't necessarily being able to body people as much as it is being able to shoot through the gap um, and, and get there quickly, like, you know, get there before the defense goes. And I think Lynch is a little bit more quicker. So I will take uh, Skittles for the win. Respectable answer. Respectable answer. Okay. Last thing we got today. I'm super excited about this. I'm not, um, I'm not going to take full credit for this. This, uh, this idea came from a PFF article um, that was super, super clever. And I liked it. I did watch the new Space Jam. Um, I'm not going to recommend it because it wasn't particularly good. But unlike some people, I'm not going to tell you LeBron James's career is an entire fluke because of um, a movie that he made. But this article, I'll give it credit, it was written by Ian Harditz um, on PFF. Uh, you can find it on the website. But I super love this. So here's the concept. The world is on the verge of being destroyed by aliens. Yes, like Space Jam. And the aliens have decided that in order to decide the fate of the world, it is up to a football game. The aliens are going to bring their superhuman skills. We don't have to get into what the aliens are. You can imagine, you know, signs, um, Independence Day, whatever you want. And we, as the human race, get to pick 11 players to play on this NFL team, but only 11. So not offense not just defense, 11 players total. The rest of the roster will be filled out by league average players. You can take that what that means, you know, Demarcus Robinson, Andrew Wiley, um, yada, yada, Alex Okafor, those level of players. Like they're just just guys for the lack of a better term. But we get to pick 11 to go on this team. So we're going to kind of just go back and forth um, and pick our 11 players to save the world. So we should just start off, get these two names out of the way. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Donald, I think they're undisputed, right? You have to have those players. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, those two guys honestly might be pushing it a little bit on the alien level. Like they might be a little too close to the aliens to be on the field with aliens if you catch my drift. But, yeah, I, I completely agree. Those have to be the first two names out of your mouth. Now, 
this kind of, I like this conversation too, because it really weights positional value. You know, yeah. are you going to go, yeah. are you going to go with tackles because we, we recognize how important it is to beat those alien edge rushers, or are you going to go elite wide receiver, tight end Christian? Why don't we give you the next pick for, so we've got um, nine, nine more players to go. All right. So I think your first pick after that has to be Khalil Mack off the edge, right? Uh, he, he's just so incredible. He's been elite level pass rusher off the edge. Um, I thought I'd change it up, throw a defensive player out there. What about you? I like Quill Mack at edge. Um, I think, you know, the pass rush moves, definitely still a super solid player on, on, against the run as well. We know that the aliens, they like to ground and pound for sure. So yeah, Mack off the edge, solid. You know, there's a couple other answers I would accept for edge. Uh, Chase Young, maybe, or one mm-hmm. of the Rosa brothers, but Quill Mack at edge, you can't go wrong. Um, for me, this is hard because ultimately I'm always going to lean towards playmakers. Um, this is going to sound like homerism, but I'm going to take Tyreek Hill. Um, I think Tyreek Hill has a skill set that the aliens, they may not have ever seen a human run as fast as Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, the threat of him in motion, the threat of him out of the backfield, the jet sweeps, the screens, I feel like he adds so much to a roster, even beyond just his wide receiving skills. Tyreek Hill is my wide receiver for the fate of the earth. Super solid answer. I would have also accepted Travis Kelsey as a wide receiver. See, I, I, I thought about it, but here's the thing. I think about these aliens, right? And I, we want players that they, have ne- that they, can't, pre- they can't prepare for things that they would have never seen coming, right? And I don't care who you are, the first time you face Tyreek Hill, you're just not ready for it. We saw it against the Bucks. What a difference um, What a difference they had when they saw Tyreek Hill for a second time. You're just not ready for it. Oh, yeah. So for running back, I think we need a, a good running game as well. Uh, positional, positional value, I think it's pretty high. Um, I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook like elite level speed. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, although he's not asked to that much, but he's a solid player. He knows where to run the ball. And he doesn't fumble, which is maybe the most important thing. I I am glad that you did pick a running back that can catch the ball because I was afraid that people, that you were thinking maybe going the Derrick Henry line, but I agree. Oh, no, no, yeah. no. Yeah, we definitely want a pass catching running back and as someone who can still, you know, go up the tackles. Okay. So right now we've got Mahomes, Donald, Mac, Hill, Cook. That's five out of the 11. So we've got six more to go. Um, I think, I think I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball here. And this is tough. Corner is such a, such a unstable position it seems year to year people have really good years really bad years kind of bounces back and forth but I think consistently one of the best corners over the past couple of years has been Jalen Ramsey I'm going to go with Jalen Ramsey while I'm not sure he will necessarily be um, the absolute best all the time I know we're going to get a high floor from him so I'm going to go and I don't think the aliens are ready for his level of trash talk either Um, I think that he could really rattle really rattle them if they communicate anyway. So I'm going to go Jalen Ramsey at corner. 
I'm glad you picked him because for me, it was kind of in between Xavier and Howard, who has really flashed this past year, uh, especially against the Chiefs. I think he got three interceptions. Yeah. Um, but no, I think Ramsey is a little bit more physically gifted. Uh, so, yes, I love that rounding out our uh, cornerback room. I think that that would be will be awesome. Now, for safety, I think is another important position in today's I I NFL. Would, right? I agree. I'm thinking like I am I, going back to the positional value. I'm not picking an interior lineman and I'm not picking a linebacker like I would do yeah. safety and corner. And then we've got our pass rushers. Well, and the Chiefs have proven that you don't need elite linebacker play to make it to the Super Bowl every year, right? For sure. You can have average linebackers as long as your defensive line and your your safeties can make up for that. So part of me wants to say Tyron Matthew. You know, that's what my heart says. Tyron Matthew, super versatile, not the biggest guy. Uh, you know, he, he lacks maybe some long speed, but I think if you could play him, he's super versatile. Put him at the slot put him at the box safety, put him on the back end. He can do it all. Tyron Matthew. I, I agree. I agree with that. Um, again, it's probably a little bit of homerism. I would have accepted Minka Fitzpatrick, Jesse Bates, or Adrian Amos as well. Those guys are a little bit more back end, um, you know, roaming free safeties, but with Matthew, you can get a linebacker presence. You can blitz him. He can cover the slot. He can play the deep. He can, you know, I, I think that mm -hmm. his flexibility is what makes him such a good addition to uh, Team Earth. Okay, so that leaves us with, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So we've got eight. So we've got seven out of the 11. So we've got four more to go. This is where I think it starts getting fun because we've kind of got all the essentials here. Now we can kind of spring for some, some other talent. I think... Hmm, See, it's cheating if you just say, oh, we're not going to worry about offensive line. But you've got to have good <laughs> offensive line. Those, yeah. those aliens are long. Um, they, they've got some good bend around the corner. So I'm going to go with Trent Williams um, at left tackle. He's the best left tackle in the game. He's a great run blocker as well. Um, you know, we're, this is a one-time game. I know he's a little bit older, but I think he's the best left tackle in the game. Trent Williams at left tackle is going to keep the blind side of Patrick Mahomes safe like we should have gotten in Kansas City. Um, and I think that he's crucial. You know, left tackle, we saw what an impact that can make on a game. See, an, an extremely underrated, or I guess it's appropriately rated, but uh, I have an extremely underrated position for you. Center, I'm going to go with Corey Lindsay. Corey Lindsay. He uh, has been incredible almost his entire career. Um, super smart football player. He can read blitzes, help Patrick Mahomes out, maybe call some protections. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you've got to have them against the aliens for sure. Those guys are – they're going to be bringing some exotic blitzes, no doubt. Oh, yeah. And, and, a, and a really good center is better than a really good guard any day of the week. Okay, I think – let's see. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So we've got two more left, two more players to save the world. Now, I this is where I think we stand the best chance here. I think – I think you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think here, these last two picks, we should just go offensive playmakers. Yeah. Because, Positional value. Yeah. I think that's, that's where to go. You know, with Mahomes, we can get in a shootout. We've got Tyreek Hill, Dalvin cook. Let's really put this offense over the top. So I am going to just go for the other. See, we're, we've got two different, it's like painting 
you know, you've got two different brushes. You've got the fine-tuned brushes, the one you do the details, and then broad strokes like you're painting a barn. We've got Tyree Kill, who's broad strokes, big plays. I'm going to go with the fine-tuning art. I'm going to go with the precision. I'm going to go with Devontae Adams as our other wide receiver. You stole my pick. <laughs> that's exactly hey, who I was That's good. Say. That's good. That tells us we're not crazy. That's right. He's just so versatile. He can play out of the slot. He can play on the outside. I mean, didn't PFF just release that he was the unanimous number one wide receiver? Like, it's not even close. I, I, I think they're completely right in saying that. Yeah, yeah. I love Tyreek Hill. Don't get me wrong. Julio Jones can be a monster. Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. Agreed, agreed. All right, it's it's up to you, really. I mean, the the fate of the whole world is on you in this last pick. So, what's another position of value? We don't really need another wide receiver. I guess we could go tight end. I was almost thinking we go like a dual running back situation, right? Throw throw some so throw something out there they're not expecting. Yeah, but man, here's the thing. Even the if if it's coming down to who do I want catching the ball. I I would take I would rather take one of the top tight ends than one of the top running backs, even if it's Alvin Kamara yeah. or someone like that. Yeah, that's true. And man, you almost have to say Kelsey, right? Like, is there is there anybody else? Yeah, I mean it's either Kelsey or Kittle, right? You know what? I won't be the homer. We'll go Kittle. He's gonna get injured, but he can do it all. He's, well, it's, he's it's a one elite game. blocker. Yes, yeah. He, I mean, Chiefs fans get so so offended when we talk about Kittle being a better blocker than Kelsey, but Kittle's a good blocker. He can help out. You know, we're going to need some chipping and some protection. Um, and honestly, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. George Kittle after the catch is probably a little bit better than Travis Kelsey. He's just younger, more explosive. When he has the ball in his hands, you, you see the breakaway speed that Kelsey used to have, but that doesn't mean that Kelsey's not a fantastic tight end and a great catcher. I still put Kelsey or Kelsey over Kittle because of the ability, oh, yeah. because yeah. of the precision and because of the sustainability, the ability to do it year after year, especially because in the last two years, last three years, really since Mahomes has been quarterback, Kelsey's really started upping those touchdown numbers, which was one of the few knocks on him. So here we go. This is uh, the Toon Squad, the, the squad to save planet Earth. On offense, Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, Tyreek Hill at wide receiver, Dalvin Cook at running backs. Trent Williams, a left tackle, Corey Lindsley at center, Devontae Adams at wide receiver, and George Kittle at tight end. Defense, Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, Jalen Ramsey, and Tyron Matthew. Overall, what do you think? How do you think we did? I think we did pretty good. I think we could have maybe invested a little bit more in the offensive line. But, hey, we're rookie GMs. Isn't that a common mistake? The good thing is if we screw this up, it's not like a big deal. You know, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just yeah. the earth. Um, yeah. You know, the only thing I might have said looking back is maybe going with one more defensive player, like another really good corner or maybe like an elite linebacker that could cover some of those mid mm-hmm. routes. But man, I just, I don't see, I don't ever see a situation that there's a linebacker that's so good that makes me, that would make me want to have them on the field versus like Matthew playing that role as a a pass coverage. Now, who knows? Maybe these aliens are like ground and pound offense. They run like the, they run the triple option and 
we'll just get creamed because we've got a bunch of small guys on the field. Well, yeah, I mean, probably not though, right? It's an off, it's a passing game now. I, I would assume that the monsters or the, uh, the aliens well, are. Well, look, we can look at it this way. We're going to assume that the aliens are much more intelligent than humans because they've already mastered intergalactic travel. Assuming that they're intelligent, they're going to know that passing the ball makes more sense, right? They're not stupid. Mm -hmm. If they if they believed in the run, they'd still be stuck on their planet, let's be honest. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, sweet. So this was really fun. We enjoy these type of exercises. Obviously, we alluded to Chiefs Camp coming up soon. We're both going to be out there on the 31st. If you're interested in meeting up with us and some of the other people at Arrowhead Live, you can always just tweet at us. Uh, my Twitter handle is Price at Price A. Carter. And Christians, your is what again? I can't. I don't have it memorized yet. Uh, C breezy underscore edits. So yeah, yours is much easier to uh, to memorize, especially since I just changed mine again. So well, I've yeah. got the advantage of having a very unique first name. So there's some pretty mm -hmm. primary old stuff. There is a Price Carter and a Price Dot Carter, but I just threw my middle initial middle initial <laughs> there. So, but all right, well, we're gonna call that a podcast. Thanks a lot, guys, for listening in. And if you have any other ideas for our Space Jam virtual game, go ahead and throw them in the comments or tweet at us. Yeah, either way works. Thanks, guys.